out in the desert. Neighbors claimed they practice witchcraft. Welcome back to another episode of the Haunted Heart Podcast, your favorite quarantine podcast. I think that's what quarantine, easy listening. <laughs> easy here. listening. Yeah, easy. No, I don't know about easy listening. Uh, just here for you while you are sitting at home. Hiding from a global pandemic. Yeah, doing what you need to do to keep us all safe mm-hmm. so we can get the fuck up at this mess. Which is eating Tostitos. Or Doritos. Or, or Fritos. Fritos, yeah. I think yesterday was the first day in 10 days that I actually went out into a public space. Didn't you go to the store like a week ago? No. You didn't go to Mm-mm. CBS? No, that was 10 days ago. Oh, that I checked was my 10 bank days a- ago. Yep, I checked my bank account. I was like, what day was I last in CVS? And that was the 17th. Damn. So, so that means it actually started like two weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, sure. yeah. So yesterday was my first day out in 10 days, uh, and it was weird. It was really weird. I, it was like almost surreal in a sense, like just being out. Yeah, I took a walk the other day, and there were like four different like surgical, like discarded surgical masks um, on the side of like the sidewalk, which number one, fuck you for littering. But number two, like, what a sign of the times. I was just like, hmm, that's not, that's not like the precursor to an apocalyptic oblivion movie at all. No, 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 no. It's definitely not something that our main character would stumble across. Yeah. Uh, No, I was just craving donuts and I was like. I want a that's, fucking donut. That's how you gonna bring the fucking coronavirus for this I bitch. I was craving a donut, yes. For so I went damn out and got a donut. Nah. Uh, but no. I mean, you gotta, I think it should, we should probably mention, make mention that you should leave your house. Like, d- don't go out into public spaces and like propagate the spread of the virus, but like try to walk outside your house, take a breath of fresh air. Don't just like hole up and board the windows up. Like go for walks. Even though the UK is on lockdown right now, official lockdown, um, they are still allowed out once a day to take walks, for exercise, for whatever. Like, take care of yourself because that's part of mental health, too. And if you just hole up in your house for, like, six weeks and don't step foot outside, like, you're going to have some agoraphobia problems. You're going to have some issues readjusting to society once life resumes um, it's normal speed. So, you know, even if, even if you're uncomfortable going outside for a walk right now, or you're, maybe you don't live in a walkable area or, you know, you're, uh, differently abled and that's going outside for a walk is not something that you can do. Maybe just go for a drive in the car, you know, get outside, change scenery. Or even just open your windows. Yeah. Opening your windows is great, but also getting outside of just the four walls of your house, I think is really, is really key. Um, and I mean, just getting in your car, like you can see, you can get a huge change of scenery and you don't have to leave the confines of your car, you know? Yeah, that makes like, sense. Just, That's true. You know, think about ways like that, that you can get out without like being a, a risk. Yeah. So that's your PSA. From the Haunted Heart Podcast. From the Haunted Heart Podcast, your favorite quarantine easy listening. <laughs> I think that should be our new genre. Quarantine hits. Quarantine hits, yeah. Quarantine <laughs> topics. No, we're not going to do that. No. Our, our people have made it 
uh, abundantly clear, I'm looking at you, Chris, uh, uh, that they do not want to hear anything about <laughs> any topics surrounding I mean, the also, COVID. we're not fucking qualified to talk about the coronavirus. Our TBH. most podcasts. What the fuck do we know? <laughs> I mean, maybe NPR knows something about it, but I can't help you, sis. I'm just over here trying to stay inside because that's what the experts said to do. So that's me staying inside. Let me tell you a real, the real uh, tragedy here though is um i gotta get off this couch (laughs) yo girl is fluffing up at the wrong time of year and i gotta i gotta fucking go for a run or some shit i'm who the fuck i don't run (laughs) i got these short little scottish potato lady legs i don't run little stubbies she's she's not gonna run Uh, she's gonna she's gonna brisk walk Hell yeah, we love a power walk. We love a power bitch walk. And that's what she does, folks. Mm-hmm. But what else is she going to do today besides talk about walking and needing to get out? She's going to... I'm going to do something that we all need. I'm going to... Uh, I was actually really looking forward to the Patreon invocation today because it's just like... I feel like we need to spread love and light. So for that, I have AVK to thank who is our brand new Spooky Squad member. Spooky Squad. Spooky Squad. And I am lighting this candle today for her. It's a toasty pumpkin scented candle, by the way. And I am lighting this candle today for her to light her way through the darkness, but also bring a little light to the rest of us in these difficult times. And there you have it, Avi. Your candle is lit and will sit right between us for the entirety of this episode. Lighting the way and lighting up our dark hearts. Absolutely. Now, if you are interested in joining the Patreon and getting your own invocation, you can check us out at patreon.com slash the haunted heart. We have a lot of, if you're a bored as fucking quarantine and you have binged all the episodes of the show, um, the regular show and Netflix and Kill, you can get access to exclusive bonus content on Patreon. So if you're looking for something to occupy you, perhaps check us out there. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, so as we all know, it's a Kenny episode today. It is. Actually, Insert. I don't think they knew that before. Just you and me. Well, I think that's typically <laughs> like last week you we're bouncing we're on the yeah back we're kind of we kind of been bouncing back and forth yeah and you know throwing that ball into each other's court week to week right and uh, and I just stumbled upon a topic and it just I spent eight hours in one day a solid full eight hours uh, researching this I thought it was going to be something just quick I found it. On a TikTok video, that's how you know I'm quarantined right <laughs> Amazing. now. Amazing, you love TikTok. It listen, it's you're you're it, hip. It, you're the yeah, youth. It's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. And here's me over here, still on my Vine flow. I'm just watching Vine compilations of the same fucking vines I've been watching for fucking that's four true. years and then, now. And then and then still talking about those same vines as if they just happened. Hell yeah. Absolutely. I'm over here on my Vine compilation flow. Rip Vine. Love you. 
Yeah. Never going to move on. Never going to let it go. Uh, yeah. So I was just scrolling through, found this topic, and I was like, huh. I made it. Uh, I liked it. Made a little note to go back, circle back around on that ass. And uh, and uh, then I spent eight hours of my quarantine uh, researching it because I didn't realize that it was a it was rather large. Uh, and I just did not expect to fall down such a large hole. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot there. <laughs> it was rather large, and I didn't expect it, you know? No, I didn't. Love when that happens. I didn't. In fact. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, so are y'all ready? Are you ready? I'm beyond ready. Take me down this path. <clears throat> Take me down this large hole. Okay. Call me uh call well, me the white rabbit. Well, it, you may or may not have heard of, of this. I didn't realize it was as big of a case as it was okay. when I got into it, but after I started researching it, I realized that there were like whole YouTube channels dedicated to this case and like Interesting. And okay. and just I I'll link where I pulled a lot of my research from because it was this just this huge fucking page that just kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and and uh lots of research there lots of people are dedicated because this case uh is currently kind of it's unsolved really nobody knows what happens so it's we uh, love an unsolved mystery well it there's an official it's it's quote unquote solved but not really got it okay see what i'm saying got it drop the deets on us so our story begins with Two young women by the name of Chris Creamers and Lisanne Froon. Chris was born on August 9th, 1992, and Lisanne in September of 1991, which made them 21 and 22 years of age in April of 2014, while on a backpacking trip through Panama. So, our girls were both recent Dutch university graduates who had grown up in Amersfoort, which is a little province located in the Netherlands, probably butchered that name. Got it. Uh, Froon had just graduated with a degree in applied science, and Creamers had specialized in social education with a focus in art. The two girls were close friends who lived together and both worked at a little cafe. Froon had brought up the idea that she, like some people, you know, when they graduated, they wanted to go on to a trip to celebrate having just graduated. Now, Senior week? Yeah. <laughs> Except not Senior now. Senior week in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> I didn't Except go. Except not now. If you do that right now, you're Shame a fucking you. asshole. Shame on you. Our official statement is fuck you. Is use an ass. Uh, never went on a senior week trip, by the way. I don't think I, I actually did either. Too I, much. I didn't go to hashtag senior week because I was like, these bitches going to be drinking fucking blue curacao and acting like they turned it up well so I here's think I the stayed thing. home and drink steel reserves i had a I had some trouble <laughs> at that point i had been to the beach every summer oh yeah because your family went because my family every went summer. every summer and so like i was like nah would you guys go to home. emerald isle did you know we went to myrtle isle? beach we stayed at the lamplighter inn yes. which i do believe is okay. uh uh i believe it's torn down now but mm. anyway we're not going to go there. Like many relics from our youth. <laughs> that is true. 
That is true. I loved Myrtle Beach, actually. I still kind of, I don't know. It's It's got a lot of nostalgia for me because that was where everybody in our town went everybody. to when they went to the beach. You didn't ever say you're going to Myrtle Beach. You just said you're going to, to the, the beach. beach and, and it they was understood Myrtle. that it was Myrtle. Unless you were like super bougie and you went to some North Carolina beach, but... Oh, like Outer Banks? Yeah, like Outer Banks. But yeah. most of the time, you were going to Myrtle Beach. So, uh, now... Lisanne had traveled, um, had never traveled past southern Germany. So she was kind of, you know, new to the whole getting out, you know, out of your comfort zone type thing. But Chris had developed a love for South America after visiting Peru many years ago with her family. So the two girls worked hard at this little cafe for about six months in order to save up for the special trip because not only did they want to go as like a celebratory thing, they also wanted to work on their Spanish while volunteering time to help at a local children's school. And in fact, they had gathered donations. Yeah. (laughs) I don't feel like shit at all. (laughs) I totally do those things when I go on vacation too. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, um, it's great. Good for them though. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Uh, So, in fact, they had gathered donations from their friends and family to buy toys for the children once they got there. Uh, So these girls were what you may describe as pretty normal young adults in their 20s. Uh, Chris loved herself some Red Hot Chili Peppers and Pearl Jam. Lisanne was described as very athletic and loved to write in her diary, which she brought along with her to Panama. So their parents were initially very skeptical about them traveling by themselves, like most parents would be, um, especially to another country. But they knew that their girls were smart and trusted them. And so they said their goodbyes at the Amsterdam airport. And that was that. The girls left and first traveled to Ila Colon. Ila Colon. Ila (laughs) Colon. Here's the deal. I never went. I took two semesters of Spanish myself. They went to an island. Hang on, how's it spelled? C-O-L-O-N. Oh, probably like Colón. Yeah, that's Ila Colón. Sounds like Colón. Where they took some Spanish classes and hung (laughs) out at the beach. Why are you smelling so good? Oh, it's my Colón. It's Ila Colón. Oh, it's my Colón. Ila Colón. So they Skyped uh, with their families uh, back home, told them how amazing everything was. Um, Lisanne even wrote in her diary, and this is a direct excerpt from her diary, where she says that cool experience, Bounty Island, snorkeling, we're really detoxing from Dutch life. What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) Detoxing from Dutch life. Um, Taking it easy and lots of patience. Uh, Just everything is manana. I don't know what that means. I'm supposing it's a weird translation. Mm. Um, Or is it like manana? Everything Just is everything like, is man, manana. I don't know. Tomorrow? Mm. Possibly. That sounds like a chill-ass life philosophy. Everything is manana. But it's Meaning not. It doesn't have, have the little squiggly tilde. above the end. It doesn't tilde. have the tilde. Yeah, Got tilde. It. Yeah, I took Spanish. Tilde <laughs> Swinton. We don't know her. <laughs> we, have seen, um, we have seen a real dolphin and sloth drink from a coconut and are getting a nice tan. It is very hot, even in the shade, but the sun is lovely and can make a person intensely happy. Going to the, here's how you know they're Dutch, going to the disco. Hell yeah, you got to. Gotta go to the disco. Going to the disco, Caribbean style, dancing in a tropical downpour is such a special experience. Damn, I want to go to fucking Ila Cologne. Cologne. (laughs) Yeah. That's where I want to go. So the girls are having a great time. They're partying, partying it up and living life for a couple of weeks before catching a bus ride to Boquette, 
which is a little mountain village that thrives on a lot of tourism, uh, in particular young adults coming to the area to hike and backpack. The girls arrive at the school on Monday, March 31st. However, when they arrived, they were met rather rudely with the school staff who claimed that they didn't know who they were or what they came to do here. Got it. Okay. Uh, apparently, the school had made a mistake regarding the dates and told the girls that they have to come back in a week and could not possibly begin working now. So the two girls were obviously upset, spoke to their families about how rudely they had been treated. Chris even asked the school to find them someplace else to work. And Lisanne, uh, I'm guessing that the reason that they needed to work through this vacation would be to afford it, right? That they needed to work through their travels. Well, no, they had already worked to save up for it. Yeah. Um, I think this was just something, I think this was just something that they, like, wanted to, to do. do and contribute. Got it. Um, especially okay. because one of them was going into art education, so mm-hmm. they... I guess was taking it as an opportunity to like build a resume to yeah to Got like it. build a resume and, okay. and all of that stuff so um but Lisanne felt shit if somebody was like oh sorry we don't have a job for you this week you can't work I'd be like okay sis you call me when you do okay I'm gonna be over here on this beach <laughs> well that was be kind dancing of... in this tropical rainstorm fine yeah. well that was kind of what happened <laughs> um but Lisanne felt kind of nervous at this point Uh, She wrote in her diary how this was supposed to be the experience of a lifetime, something that she could take with her for the rest of her life, and that now she felt doubtful about being here and really just wanted to go home. Mm. Uh, But she pushed through, and the next day appeared to be very hopeful. The girls had planned a trip to take the uh, Pianista Walk, described as a, quote, pleasant half-day hike, about two and a half hours to get to the Mirador, which is kind of like the peak of the hike. Uh, and then the same way back down the trail. Both Lisanne and Chris had written in their diaries Lisanne's entry saying, quote, um, that she wanted to just go with the Panamanian flow, and under, underneath that was a large um, underline and a space for April 1st. So she had wrote that she just wanted to go with the Panamanian flow and then crossed it off for the next entry on April 1st. Okay. But nothing obviously was there. On the morning of April 1st, the two girls prepared themselves for the hike. Their host family uh, had even allowed their dog to accompany them. Uh, Only one of them would return, however. That evening, well after their planned return, the only one to return was the dog. Hmm. It soon turned out that shortly after their walk, communication uh had ceased the family reported no text messages there were no facebook updates nothing the girls were officially reported missing after not meeting up with an appointment they had made with a local tour guide the next day however local authorities didn't perform a large-scale search until four days later Hmm. four days Hmm. up until that point clearly that panamanian flows a little Slow, girl. The, apparently, everyone was going with the flow, and they were like, we'll get to it. Um, but up until that, that point. What was that, uh, what was that life philosophy? Everything is manana. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But um, that was just with, like, the local authorities. Up until that point, um, local villagers and the host family had been the only ones searching for them. Mm-hmm. So local people had went out immediately, but the major authorities didn't get involved until four days later. When the authorities got involved, they had um, they sent out dogs, aircraft, search and rescue. They sent out flares, the whole works. 
Chris and Lisanne's families offered up to a $30,000 reward for any information on the whereabouts of their children. Despite all of this, however, nothing turned up for months. But then, this is where our case gets really chilling. A few months after their disappearance, a woman from a local tribe walked into the police station and turned in a backpack. The woman claimed the backpack had just mysteriously turned up next to a rice paddy near her village, and that she had just been by that same spot the day before, and it wasn't there. Hmm. So this backpack just turns up randomly. Hmm. Now, the area had experienced some intense rainfall over the past few months. A lot of people were out there partying in that rain. So it was a surprise when the police investigated the backpack, um, and they found that everything was pretty dry uh, and intact. Strange for something that would have potentially been lying around a rice paddy for months. When the police opened the backpack, they did indeed find Lisanne's passport, some clothes, a water bottle, and most importantly, a camera. Hmm. And, and both of the girls' cell phones. Hmm. The information from the cell phones turned up some pretty, infer, um, some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, so apparently, after a short while into their hike, Chris's phone had dialed 112, the international emergency number, at around 4.39 p.m. Lisanne's phone also dialed 112 shortly after at 4.51 p.m. Between April the 2nd and the 11th, both phones had shown various signs of activity. Several more attempts at dialing 112 and 911 failed due to poor reception, and reports showed that the phones had been intermittently turned off and on to check for reception between April 1st and April the 11th. Between April the 7th and the 10th, there was a succession of 77 emergency phone calls back-to-back, all of which failed to go through. Now, this all sounds, you know, pretty reasonable for someone who may be lost. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, turn off our phones to conserve battery, turn it back on to check for reception. Yeah, it sounds feasible that they are potentially lost in the wilderness and are trying to conserve battery and use their phone to to get through to an emergency service. Right. However, on April the 6th, on Chris's iPhone, there were multiple attempts at putting in an incorrect PIN code. Hmm. The correct PIN code was never used after the 5th of April. Hmm. Kremer's iPhone was last turned on at 11.56 and was switched off an hour later with no further activity. Now, please note that all of this activity is going on while the search party is happening for them. So people are looking for them. Hmm. And they're making all of these calls. So just keep that in mind. Okay. So now I want to... Kind of like how people be trying to get in touch with me and I'm making a lot of calls to not them. (laughs) Right. Like when you're like, let's record. Well, we kind of get into that discussion a little bit later as to why... Why the timing is significant there. Why the timing is significant, but also like why they didn't try. There was no attempt to try to reach a family member. Or their host family. Yeah. It was just strictly... But all their calls are failing, right? To the yes. emergency line. Okay. But all you right, would cool. think that... 
I mean, you know. maybe, but I sure as shit am not going to call your ass if I'm lost in Ela Cologne. <laughs> but I mean, wouldn't you think that you, to do that or even send a text message? Because if you send a text message, even though you don't have yeah, maybe reception, you might have enough signal to send a text the moment you, you get a text a message, yeah. it will go through. Yeah, if you don't have signal for phone No messages were ever found. All right. So now I want to discuss the pen You're on like level 10 paranoia right now. You got the crazy eyes on. I told you. Okay. Take me there. Take me there. It gets weird. So now I want to discuss the pen code for a minute because that was strange to me. So this is a direct excerpt for one of the reports on the case. The iPhone from Chris has to be unlocked every time with a four-digit security code, which was 0556. And then afterwards, the SIM pin code has to be entered. From April 1st to April 5th, the telephone is consistently activated and turned on by entering both codes correctly. The investigator um, concluded that the iPhone, therefore, had to be in Chris's possession between April 1st through the 5th until the morning of April 5th. In fact, however, from... uh, 1.37 p.m. on April the 5th onward, the iPhone is activated four times without or by entering of the wrong PIN code. On April 6th, for instance, at 10.25 a.m. and 1.37 p.m. But there are, in fact, purposeful actions made, such as the swiping of the telephone screen and the opening of its control panel. The investigator concluded literally that he could not think of any technical reasons for this to have happened, but that he in fact believes that the reason for this changing of the login pattern is due to another person than the original owner trying to get access to the iPhone, Mm -hmm. a user who did not know the PIN code. Mm -hmm. Investigators believe it was a third person. Okay. For me, it's weird that someone would try so hard to get into that phone because you can make an emergency call regardless. Right? Yeah. On iPhones, you can still call out. Yeah, you can. That. And that's what I was going to ask. Like, all of these calls that are being placed to right. 911 and stuff, like, you can you can make an emergency call. There's, like, an option. Yeah. It's, like, like when it's locked. I don't fucking... I have the, the fucking creepy-ass face ID on my shit, so I can't, I can't do it. But I'm pretty sure... That you can, like, hold a button down or, like, tap the screen or something and an emergency option pops up. Yeah, totally. So you can make those emergency calls regardless. A Reddit user, hey Reddit, (laughs) shout out to you, uh, also noted that it was strange that the last activity on the phone was that long hour where it was turned on. Almost as if someone wanted the battery to drain. Because the last time it was used, it was turned on and then left on. Until the battery drained. Okay. There's also some interesting things to note regarding the timestamps of the activity, as Chris's iPhone was turned on at exactly 9.33 on both the 3rd and the 4th, and then again at 1.56 on both the 5th and the 6th. That's are, weird. That is, to the minute? Yeah, to That's the minute. That's weird. Especially considering that their phones were off. Because that's remember, they were they intermittently turn on turned for, on. That's weird. Right. There's also specific time blocks between 10.16 a.m. and 11 a.m. and then between 1 to 4 p.m. where all of the calls were made. Now, this could just be a coincidence, but some say it lends a hand to the idea of there being some sort of foul play, especially when you consider the fact that these time frames have no relation to sunrise, sunset, 
or any mm. type of like zenith shit, you know. Yeah. Going on. Weird. Okay. So strange. So that's just the phone logs. Okay. The phone logs don't have shit compared to the weird shit that was found on the camera. Yeah, it's just the one more note about the phones before we leave that. Like, it's weird to me that if the phones were left on to drain it so that the battery would die, like, why would you then put it in a bag and leave it at a rice paddy so that somebody could find the shit and find all of this information? Like, that's weird to me. But anyway, all right. Right. So those are all of the interesting things that happened on the lo- on the phone logs. Again, like I said, no messages were sent out. Yeah. To me, like it would make sense if I was lost somewhere. Like, yes, we're gonna try to you know contact emergency services, but like I'm also going to try to at least like text or something. I know your like, fucking ass would be trying to text people. You'd be like, "Help! I'm lost in the fucking woods." I mean, instead of getting on the damn sure. phone, you hate a phone call. I mean, but for sure, I'm gonna send a text <laughs> message. I mean, why wouldn't you? Because Katie, it would go come through. get me. I would at least. And yeah, you would try. Then, you would try. I get what you're saying. Like I would try, and it's just weird that like that they didn't. That they didn't. Got that it. it was only emergency phone calls. It wasn't to anyone personal or like just weird, and especially like to the host family because you would think that they would know the area. Mm. You know, I don't know. It was just all strange to me. But again, we're sort of leaving the phone logs and then the investigators are now looking into the camera. Um, so 133 photos were found on the camera. On April 1st, there's uh, wonderful pictures of the girls um, all the way up to the summit. So they're taking pictures on the walk up. Um, now, at this point is when they should have turned around and headed back. So they see pictures of them posing in front of, like, you know, lush greenery, and then they get to the peak of this hike, and they have a couple of pictures taken. Um, everything's pretty pretty normal, mm-hmm. right? So that was the direction uh, on all the trail guides that they had uh, read, because after the summit, the terrain wasn't as smooth. So it wasn't abnormal for people to continue on past the the peak, but it was mostly for locals who knew the area and used it to, you know, travel back and forth. Okay. Uh, So there were some waterfalls past the summit, and it was suspected that the girls wanted to check them out. Mm -hmm. So after this, image 505 shows Chris with her hands folded behind her back looking around just after continuing further into the jungle. After that image, their phone's connection was shut off. Image 506 wasn't released by the family. Image 507 shows Chris seen from the back crossing a small stream. Image 508 was taken eight seconds later, showing her looking back from the middle of the stream. And that was the last of the daytime photographs that were found on the camera. Okay. A week later... Image 510 began a stream of odd and chilling nighttime photographs. But what happened to Image 509? Right. Nobody knows. It was apparently deleted. What's even more strange is nobody knows why and nobody has been able to recover the deleted image. So, Hmm. typically with camera data, you can always find the image or even just a percentage of the image after it's been deleted. Right. 
Professionals have stated that they believe the image was uploaded to a computer source and then deleted, which would have removed it permanently. And while, yes, they could have manually deleted it and the image could have been overwritten by one of the nighttime images they took, that theory isn't likely considering they hadn't deleted any of the images they took throughout their whole trip. And the girls were not very camera savvy by the... um, by the sounds of it, they shot everything under the factory settings and never so much as zoomed in to take a photograph. Also, this would have been about the time they started calling for help, so it seems unlikely that deleting a bad photo would have been something that they would have done. Also, if 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 it would be more... Like, if the only way that you can remove it completely without having any trace of it be being able to be pulled after the fact by somebody who knows how all that shit works if you would have had to put it on a computer, like were they carrying a computer with them? I don't no, think so. I don't, I don't think, think so. there was time for like an image upload when we don't have cell service. So. Right. Okay. And no, no laptop or anything was found in the backpacks. Right. Okay. Um, in fact, I believe their laptops or computers, if they had them, uh, were in were back at their host family. Okay. So that lends credence to a potential theory that all these pictures were taken and then later were taken to a computer uploaded by someone. And then that one mm-hmm. was deleted. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, and because, again, it's weird. They hadn't deleted a single photo throughout their whole trip. And they had pictures. They had started taking pictures from the moment, from weeks prior to when they were partying it up. Um, and, you know, they, for people that um, looked through the photos, you know, found that there were several uh quote unquote bad photos that they hadn't deleted of themselves like blurry whether or not they were blurry or just like whatever so it just didn't make sense that if this is at the point where they are discovering that they are lost um, starting to call for help why Why would would you you be going through your photos yeah on your digital camera so at this point at night on April the 8th there was a sudden series of around 90 photographs taken in quick succession at a rate of about one photo every two minutes. All of them taken at night between 1 and 4 a.m. And these would prove to be the most bizarre thing out of this whole case. Many of them do not show anything at all, merely sheer blackness as if the lens cover had not been taken off, while others showed blurry nondescript scenes of the nighttime jungle, suggesting that the camera flash was being used to provide light or to desperately try Mm. to capture something on film. Among the numerous photos taken, there are a few that stand out as particularly strange. One is a puzzling shot of what looks like some form of paper formed on a rock with a mirror beside it. It kind of looks like the paper was spelling out SOS, but it's just strange because it was during the night, it was raining, and obviously wouldn't have been visible to anyone. Hmm. And another, a stick, which upon its branches are tied pieces of red plastic. It is speculated that this could have been an attempt at a crude signal, but no one really knows. There were also bits of what appeared to be candy bar wrappers around. The third is probably the weirdest and shows an extreme close-up of the back of Chris's hair. She had um, this really pretty, like, bright red hair, um, and it's just this huge close-up of the back of her back of her head. 
Okay. All in all, theories around these photographs, um, theories abound around these photographs, and honestly, they raise more questions than they answer. Mm -hmm. Why would they take all of these obscure photographs? If they were in danger, why wouldn't you have made a video of explaining where you are or what have happened to you with your camera? Yeah. And why, minus the back of Chris's head, is neither of them seen in any of these nighttime photos? Why, if you were lost, wouldn't you have just gone back the way you came? So these pictures are very strange, uh, especially when you're looking at them. There are, it's just weird to me that you don't even see so much as a hint. You don't see a shoe. You don't see either of the girls minus the back of Chris's head. Mm-hmm. Um. And again, it's all at night. There's that one image that I was talking about where the SOS, it, some people claim that it looked like they had taken toilet paper, mm-hmm. which didn't make sense because no traces of paper were found in their backpacks they later. They were carrying that, yeah. They hadn't it been wasn't, carrying it. It wasn't like a multi-day hike. It was... Right. Yeah. Um, but some people claim that it looks to be torn off pieces of a map that they had been carrying, okay. not toilet paper. Um, some people even connected uh, one of their images to weeks prior of, like, a map that was seen in the photographs to uh, the traces of paper that were found on the rocks. Okay. Um, that were found on the rocks or that were photographed Photographed on the rocks. On the rocks that okay, were found it. photographed on the rocks. Got it. Okay. Um, they just pointed out um, parts of the design on the map, like colors, like red and blue blocks or something, and noticed that they that those same colors were found in the pieces of paper. Um, So that makes sense. Um, But some people uh, have taken these photos and have uh, tried to enhance them. Some people say that you can see um, the silhouette of one of the girl's bodies in one of the pictures uh, in the shadows. Um, Some people claim that that was the other one trying to document where the girl was, if the other girl was, if they had perished. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't make sense because I don't see it. Yeah, I I don't see the body. And if that was the case, why would you step back like ten or twenty feet, take a picture of something in in the darkness? Like it wasn't a clear picture of this girl's body, right? Um. So all of this is really strange. And again, I go back to the point of like your camera and your phone, for that matter, right? Have well, we video capabilities. Video. So yeah. like, if you were at that point, like, where you feared for your life. And didn't think that you were going to make it out. Like, why wouldn't you record yourself? And again, why weren't the these girls seen in any of these photos? Yeah. It makes sense that you would try to use the flash to see your way in a dark jungle. Yeah. But some, uh, but some people claim that that doesn't necessarily make sense because with such a bright flash from a camera, that that would actually blind you, you and disorient you. Yeah. So, some strange things. Um, and I'm going to get into... Uh, some things that are alleged um, here right now. Um, Eyewitnesses have claimed to have seen the girls come off the Pianista Trail around 3 to 3.30 p.m. and waiting for a taxi, which would make sense considering they were at the peak around 1-ish, and it's about a a two-and-a-half-hour hike back. One witness even claims that he spoke to them after one had asked him how to get back to Boquette. Now, there was a photo that was leaked online after all of this, and it is believed to show the girls with two gentlemen 
swimming in a nearby hot springs called the Caldera Hot Springs, which is located near Boquette. So it is believed that if that picture was the last image to be taken of them, the nighttime photos were not taken near the trail, but closer to Boquette and the hot springs. This has been corroborated by some online sleuths who have seemed to match the nighttime pictures to that of the terrain near the caldera. Right. Okay. So you might be thinking, what about these guys they're chilling with in the springs? Right? Like, who are these guys? yeah. Well, they died that same year. Okay. So, with the finding of all of this information... It prompted the police to open up their search to new locations, and, unfortunately, they not only discovered the girls' remains, but discovered 33 different pieces of their anatomy throughout the area. Wait, wait, wait. So the, guy, the two guys that they were with died before that photo came to light online? So The they, two guys that they were photographed yeah. with before that photograph yeah. was leaked online? Yeah. They died. They were already dead. So yeah. the police couldn't talk to them. Yeah, the police couldn't talk to them. They had already died. Okay. Um, so then we just widened our search. Yeah. And found remains. Yeah. So they, so a pair of shorts um, were found floating in a river about 14 hours walking distance from where the backpack was discovered. The bone remnants were found uh, several walking hours away again as well, further up north. On June 19th, an officer confirmed that, indeed, human remains had been found in the search for Chris and Lisanne. One of the shoes found contained human bones, a foot still protected by its boot. The laces were still laced up tightly, and it also had a sock still inside of it, containing the foot, which still had some skin and meat on it. Forensics stated that the cut of the bone of the foot was surprisingly clean and that no blood was found on it. Also, no signs of cutting, hacking, gunshots, or teeth or claw markings were detected in the bone. That's weird. So it was a clean cut with no blood. Yep. Got it. Not even, um, they, they couldn't find anything under the microscope. So part of a pelvic bone was also discovered. All of the remnants were found away from each other, but all of them seemed to follow the path of the river. The bones themselves uh, were also found to have been bleached. Then, in August of that year, a piece of rolled-up flesh was discovered near some more bone findings. Strangely enough, it was still in the early stages of decomposition, and pathologists believed that the skin had been manipulated by someone. So, the case went from being considered an abduction to a homicide, but ultimately landed on being accidental. The official reports go with the story that the girls went for a hike, went beyond the recommended areas, got lost, and were subsequently injured and then perished in the jungle. But what do you think happened? Um, Was it foul play? With clear fucking cuts like that, you're going to say that they just got lost Mm -hmm. and died? I mean, you have wildlife and jungles. Even if even if they weren't killed by a fucking... I mean, I don't know what they have in Panama. I don't know if they have panthers or what, but... I mean, something that's going to eat you lives there. So whether that is the thing that kills you or whether you die of starvation or dehydration or what have you, something's going to eat your corpse even after you die. If, if, that, if it wasn't like, you know, if they weren't mauled by something, 
Right. But bodies don't just lay out without, you know, wildlife. I mean, even if it's just a fucking squirrel, even if you're not talking about Panama, if you're talking about DC, a squirrel or, I mean, squirrels don't eat meat, but <laughs> something like, what, is going to fucking What fucking rabid squirrel even are you if, fucking. I mean, we, even if it's just like bugs, right? Watch out for those DC squirrels, yo. They, <laughs> they bad as fuck. serious. Um, no, but like, even if it's just like bugs or something like you're you're not going to you're not going to have situations where you find an entire intact foot with a clean cut it's just not going to be a thing with no blood it's, it's not a thing yeah um also the, the fact bones that they- can make sense because like if you if there's decomposition right we've seen with body farms, if there's decomposition, once the bones are exposed to the sun, they would be bleached. Like, that doesn't, that's not odd to me. But the foot is odd to me. Yeah. Um, and some people even claimed that uh, that if, you know, the remains were found, like, the soil could have possibly been a part of that bleaching process as well. Yeah, yeah, that there could be, nitrogen. like, you know, some things in there that could cause that. But, uh I think from what I read, it was uh, said that there wouldn't have been enough to cause that bleaching. Okay. So it, there's some, there's still some speculation around that, but it does make sense. Yeah. The thing I mean, to the me again is this fucking clean cut severed foot yeah, that makes no sense. There's no animal marks. And even. there's no explain. There's no official explanation yeah. for that. They no. just didn't address that. They just didn't address it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So again, was it foul play? Were they being chased by? You know, a predator that um, and even some people online that are going through these photographs, they claim to see like weird things in the shadows, like something Mm -hmm. that could have been um, chasing them. Um, Or was it just simply a series of unfortunate events that ultimately led to their demise? I don't believe so. So let's get in to some explanations, shall we? Okay. So. The tour guide. Remember I said at the beginning of this that they had made plans the following day to meet up with a tour guide. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of are going to focus on him a little bit. Okay. This was the tour guide they were supposed to meet the day after they did the hike? Yes. Got it. Yes. So one suspect throughout this whole case was a tour guide whom the girls had made an appointment with on April the 2nd to hype up a volcano. Obviously, they didn't show up. Interestingly enough, it was the same tour guide who found the initial bone remains. He's the one who found this seemingly obscure brown boot behind the base of a tree. The same tour guide, upon realizing the girls weren't making their appointment, went to the home of the host family to search for them, gaining access to their rooms even before the police. Okay. Access to what? A camera cord, perhaps? You'd need one to access the files to a laptop. He also He's also somewhat of a creeper, <laughs> mm-hmm. as made apparent uh, by several uh, online reviews. Mm. So Sophie J wrote oh, around... Oh, shit. We pulling in TripAdvisor. We are. Oh, shit. Sophie J wrote around July 22nd of 2019, Great guide, but not for women traveling alone. It took me almost Mm -hmm. a year to finally post this review. I strongly recommend women to not hire F, and he's just named F throughout this whole thing. Got it. (laughs) As your 
guide if you're by yourself. It's a big contrast if you look at the other reviews where F is described as a very nice person, which he probably is for many people. I have to say he's very charming, funny, and you can probably, as you will read in the other reviews, have a great day with him. Did a walking tour with him. He's the guide that knows the area by heart. Not long after we left, he subtly started to flirt with me and also touched me. First my hand, but also my arms, shoulder, and legs, even after telling him many times to stop doing that. He wears a big machete and suggested to chop off my legs. This, of course, was a joke, but still. He has an obsession for Northern Europe. Is it a European joke? Is, it, is that a thing? Do we, do we joke about that? I don't, I don't think, think so. I've ever been like, <laughs> girl, you're so cute. Let me cut off your legs. Did you imagine So you can't run from me. I mean, That's she tells him to stop. And he's like, I'll cut off your legs. I'll cut off your fucking legs. You know what that is? That is the fucking Wolf Creek maneuver. Wolf Creek. That's Mick from fucking Wolf Creek. Mick. And he has that little like. You won't run <laughs> if I cut off your legs? No. How, how about I cut off your legs? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, Mm-mm. we don't do that. Uh, yeah, I found that to be like, she was like. And she wrote that. She said this was, of course, a joke, but still. And I'm like. Oh, was it a joke, though? Because I'm done then. Nah. Like, I'm finished right before that sentence is even finished. I'm I'm done. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. So. Unless, of course, we're on the side of a fucking volcano. And then uh, I don't necessarily know the way out. That's why I don't do active things. When I travel. Girl, didn't you just do a hike the other day? <laughs> yeah, but I went by my fucking self with a big knife. Okay. And some pepper spray. With your own machete. And my rage that I harbor. That is true. Trust me. Girl, I fucking fear for the person who would ever try to pull that on you. That's all I'm going to say. Because it won't be pretty. So, uh... The rest of the review goes to say that he has an obsession for Northern European women, and I felt very unsafe. It's a personal story, but Google his name, and you'll unfortunately find more stories like this about him. Some tours claimed online that he was known to only take females on tours, preferably European, uh, and having been touchy with other tourists as well. One tourist has testified that when she refused his attempts, he switched like a leaf in a split second. I don't know what that means, switched like a leaf. Like a leaf. A leaf blown by the wind just like flips back and forth. Makes sense. Quick shift. Yeah. So that he switched like a leaf in a split second and turned from friendly into aggressive and how frightened she was. Now, no idea if this is true, of course, um, because a lot of this is, uh, you know, just these are reviews, right? Right. So, but John Tornblom, 32, who is a guide with more than 10 years of experience in the surrounding cloud force, said, some of our female clients have complained of him harassing them. There are also claims that he had a habit of bathing in hot springs with his female clients. He ought, and this is a direct quote for him, he ought to at least be interrogated the right way. If this happened in the States or in Europe, the investigation would have been taken to a whole different level. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I think we definitely ought to fucking look into it. <laughs> right? It's a little weird. Yeah. Just a little bit. No, for you sure. I mean, you know, live your life how you want. If you want to bathe in a hot spring with a Panamanian tour guide, I mean, live your life. But it's got to be consensual. Yeah. Um, So now I'm going to get into this apparent cab driver. Remember I said that they witnesses had claimed to have spotted them coming out 
Right, at 3.30 p.m. by yeah. this cab driver. Around that time. With these two dudes who are now dead. No, the two they dudes. They were swimming with the two dudes. The picture was found with the two Afterward. dudes. Afterward, okay. The girls it. were just seen by themselves okay. at the base this of this trail. Yeah. Um, so we've got this cab driver who brought Chris and Lisanne to the Pianista Trail on the morning of April 1st. Um, he claimed that he picked the girls up at 1.30 in Boquette and that he dropped them off around 1.40 at the start of the Pianista Trail. Well, that's not right with right. the photos. Right. These times don't match with the time on the camera, which places them at the top of the Pianista Trail around 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock, Because yeah. that's the time it's frame that the cameras hour. have on them. Yeah. But many witnesses also place them around uh, that time at the start of the Pianista Trail, which is a bit strange. When the girls got in the taxi, there were already two other men inside it. They heard the girls tell the taxi driver where they wanted to go. One of them answered in Spanish, uh, a la entrada de del pianista. After that, the other two Panamese passengers were dropped off, first at their destination, and then the taxi driver brought the girls to the start of the El Pianista shortly after. So could the two men in the taxi, knowing the girls' destination, have somehow followed the tracks? Underway, the taxi driver received a lot of phone calls, um... And therefore, he didn't talk much with the uh, with the two girls. Uh, so he wasn't talking with them. Apparently, he was a cab driver. He was on the phone. He I was, love that. He was busy. That's me as an Uber driver. <laughs> um, so after paying him $5, the girls asked him where the trail begins exactly, and the taxi driver gave them some instructions. Witnesses have stated that they saw the two young women get out of the taxi at this point. The taxi driver... Here's where we get a twist. The taxi driver turned up dead almost exactly a year later on March 2nd under officially, quote, unexplained circumstances. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Mm. Uh, His body was found, I think, from what I could tell, it was uh, claimed as a suicide Mm -hmm. by drowning, Mm -hmm. which just didn't add up. It was weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, did he jump into like a river or a lake or some shit? He was found. I, mean, I think he thing. was found in like a a river or a body of okay. water, but mm. still, mm. it was strange. Mm. So, and then, what about the dog? Yeah, the dog came back, right? Yeah. So that dog nopes so hard out of that fucking situation. Man's best friend, my huh. ass. But you shit. would think, you would think, yeah. Well, let me just. So the dog's name is Azul. So. It turns is out. Is the dog an official suspect? Is that where we're going with this? No, not this at all. This fucking dog? No, not at all. Um, but <laughs> I don't think that's going to hold up in a court of law. I don't think there's a jury in the world that's going to convict a fucking dog. I don't think so. Um, actually, well, <laughs> the there have been dogs crime. convicted <laughs> and sentenced to prison. Damn, really? Yeah. Uh, that's what I learned when I went to Eastern State Penitentiary. There was actually an official inmate that was a dog there <laughs> because the dog... Uh, killed the governor or the mayor or whoever's cat and the fucking governor <laughs> literally sentenced him sentenced the dog to prison and the dog lived in prison and was an official inmate had a number everything that is incredible and um, that was the governor of like fucking pennsylvania something like that's that that's amazing yeah. it was that's a separate story fuck this dog man. that was a separate story that's terrible um so, as it turns out, this dog was most likely not actually the dog of the host family. Uh, 
But I think that was a part of the story that had sort of been twisted by, you know, just people telling the story over yeah. and over again, yeah. right? Naturally, you w- I mean, the assumption you would make is that this is the host family's dog or right. the dog at the place where they're staying and they just decided to take it out. Yes. But most likely, um, the dog was actually the owner. Uh, the dog... Uh, But most likely, the dog actually belonged to the owners of a restaurant that operates at the base of the trail. When local Uh. detectives, yes, when local detectives got wind that the girls had potentially interacted with the restaurant owners, they were subsequently questioned. The wife claimed that an employee had seen two girls start up the trail between 3 and 3.30 p.m. and that their dog, Azul, had followed them. And that obviously they had come back because Azul wouldn't have likely returned otherwise. This dog was known to follow hikers up and down the trail as a guide. So this was a typical occurrence. Right. Now, the statement provides conflicting evidence because we know that they went earlier. Well, right? there's two there's two different earlier options even because there's either we go by the camera where they went earlier that morning around 11 or whatever mm-hmm. and got to the peak or the summit around 1, took the photos that are time stamped around 1 and then came back down and left around 3 or 3.30. And then there's the cab drivers, there's the gab cabs uh, freaking timeline, which is that he dropped them off at one, and then they went up, which would have put him at the summit at three. Yeah. And then back down at like five or six. Yeah. But like. Which wouldn't have made this sense. This is now because, a third timeline. Right. Which wouldn't have made sense. The cab drivers wouldn't have made sense because at that point, I believe they would have been starting to make their their emergency phone calls. Okay. Right? Okay. So if they were up there, yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So. That's an important distinction, though, because that the the cell phone evidence would have cast doubt upon the cab driver's right. timeline. So the, the still the only, okay, got it. Yeah. Cause so I'm also th- operating under the understanding that the photo, the timestamps on the photos could have been doctored as well. So it ah, actually could have yes. been the cab driver who had the correct time frame, but that conflicts with the phone call. So anyway, continue. Excellent deduction. I, well, I don't trust anything in this fucking world. So you're talking to the right Please don't trust right anything here. in this case either because it's, yeah. So now this statement provides conflicting evidence because we know that they went earlier if we go by the assumption that, you know, the timestamp on the cameras are correct. Now, they may have had some miscommunication due to the language barrier because witnesses claimed that the girls were sweaty and perspired. So to me, it seems they were asking about transportation back to Boquette after having come back down the trail, and the dog just never went anywhere because the girls didn't go up the trail because they had already come back and were asking about a way to get back to Boquette. Oh, yeah, yeah. That By the time they talked to the restaurant owners, they... Had, done, had already they were done finished the hike, with the trail. and that was it. Right. Okay. And the witness just thought the dog thought that they were asking how to get to the trail or up the trail, and thought yeah. that she saw yeah. the dog. But go maybe up. like there was a communication barrier, or their Spanish was shitty, or whatever. Yeah. Got it. Also, there are no pictures of the dog anywhere. Right. In like the, the pictures release they took images. at the summit, there you, there were no you dogs. Would, you would be taking a picture of with the dog. Right. Yeah, you would think. Sense. Right. Yeah. Um. 
So there weren't any pictures found of the dog in any of the released images uh, that they took while hiking that day. But this would put them at the base of the trail awaiting a taxi and possibly meeting someone who would lead them to, what, the Caldera Hot Spring maybe? Or maybe they met a person who would eventually be their demise. I don't think that the dog went with them. I think that they came back down. Because witnesses claimed that they were sweaty, perspired, bitch. They looked like they were just off of a hike, right? Mm -hmm. And there was just some miscommunication, and the owner thought that the dog went with them, right? And the timing the on that would actually the timing on that would actually match the photos because they right. would have been down at three thirty. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of where this case has been left off. Okay. There are some internet sleuths on YouTube that talk about this, that talk about the cab driver. They talk about the tour guide. They talk about the terrain that these pictures were found in. Uh, this one guy on YouTube that I was, uh, that I was watching uh, claimed that there is a nearby hotel for their suites. They have red balloons and stuff that they put out on their suites. It's kind of like a weird thing that they do. Yeah. And he points back to the pictures of this, like, red material that's on the sticks that looks like it could be balloons from this nearby resort mm -hmm. that is near the Caldera Hot Springs. Nobody really knows. But there's all of this conflicting information that just doesn't make sense. Um, especially considering the fact that there are several cases of people going missing in this area. Mm -hmm. um, hiking and whatnot. I think there was one that was recent. It was, again, a Northern European woman, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who was also found murdered. You can understand why I'm sitting here and while I was researching this, I was like, huh? Like, I don't understand. Like, you have these conflicting timelines, which may or may not possibly be miscommunication due to a language barrier. Mm -hmm. But who took the picture? Of the girls in the Caldera Hot Spring with those two men. Because yeah. it's a picture of those two. It's a picture and you can see them in the distance. And honestly, like, again, that is a supposed image right. of them. It's, because it could you can't, be, it could it be totally could be, fake. Or it could be two could separate be girls. Hair. Yeah. But, again, you don't know. Yeah. Because this case is just sort of left open. Like, the authorities in Panama just kind of like closed it down they're like i'm Whatever. sure it was an accident it's fine i'm sure Let's not worry about this it's completely fine. clean and bloodless cut <laughs> on this leg yeah so what are your thoughts on this um it's interesting i'd be interested to check out some of those youtube videos that do a deeper like that do a deep dive with like all of the like because i'm sure you know in one episode, you can't really get into, like, the intricacies of the details of no. the case. And it sounds like there's a lot of information. There, so yeah, I so, would be interested to, he like, to, to do kind of, like, to go down that rabbit hole fully and, you know, learn more about the case. Because it sounds like, it does sound very suspicious. It sounds yes. very fishy. It sounds very... Um, you know, there's a, but there's, there's also things that, so like timestamps could be changed on those photos. Those photos could have been doctored. What happened to the missing photo? Like, what's the deal? If you were lost and there was a hotel that was supposedly nearby, 
why would you not go to the, like, if you were that close, why would you not go to the hotel? Right. Also, like, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, there have been a lot of stories of people who died out in the wilderness who were, like, right by safety, the Into the Wild guy. Like, he was, yeah. what, like, a couple miles, I think, from, yeah. you know, civilization. Yeah, because that's part of it. he just didn't realize. Um, but, but it's... It sounds like there's an awful lot of the tour guide seems very suspicious. The cab driver seems somewhat suspicious, you know, especially two random men. But like, I don't know. Yeah, that's very odd. And I'd be interested to hear about other cases in that area of people who went missing. And is there a similar pattern? Like, is there something going on there? Yeah, uh, I think there are theories that the area does have a serial killer. Mm hmm. and that possibly, you know, the local administration just kind of like wants to keep it hush hush because again, tourism is a big part of right this area, yeah, right? That's and how they se- thrive. They have severe economic impacts. Um, some people even and like I said, yes, there are there's so much into this. The website that I found my a lot of my information from goes on forever and there's so much that I can't like I could have turned this into a three parter fucking right. episode if I right. wanted to, which but I did not. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, is that there is so much that people have went in on on this case. They have went in on the photos and talked like it gets scientific when it talks about these photos. There are people that claim that these photos because you get into sort of a conspiracy element that these photos are doctored. Some of the mm-hmm. photos that the girls took, people claim to have been photoshopped. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one of the pictures where it looks like her. One of the girls has like a weird thumb uh, placed oddly in mm. the photograph. There's some that claim that the girl's body seems to be too stretched like mm-hmm. in the image. Like it looks weird. Um, so there are, there are theories about photo manipulation here. Um, so there's a whole piece on that. There's, you know, a whole piece on uh, the area that the girls were found in. And again, like you said, like... If they were just lost up this trail, why didn't they just... It just doesn't seem to me like they would have gotten lost on this trail. This was like a known trail. Like, yes, it probably wasn't, you know... It... I don't think it was... I think it was considered to be like an intermediate trail. Yeah, like I, mean, not, it, I mean, you're not... It doesn't sound like you're walking on a fucking sidewalk through well, this this city in panama but like people are known to hike up right this trail, I, I hike typically. quite a lot in spring and early summer and you know i've done tons of trails that are like two hour hikes two hours up two hours down you know four hours up four hours down and i'm kind of what i'm at least imagining um is you know usually there's a pretty clearly marked path even if you're if even if you're walking through the woods or jungle or whatever there's usually like um paint on the trees that you'll follow up and there's a worn path there obviously if this is a place where tourism is a big deal and you have a bunch of tourists who are taking these paths and hikes and everywhere yeah yeah this 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 particular region of the world part of their tourism is this like adventure sort of thing where you know you're hiking like you go there to um hang out on the beach and party and whatever but also to hike so if if it's what I'm getting at there is that this this trail was probably pretty worn up to this summit. And yeah, if we went beyond that, then maybe you would open yourself up to maybe getting lost. Um, I could potentially see that. But 
how far beyond, like how right. how far beyond that, How far would you, you have know? went? And at that point, again, like I said earlier, you just would have turned. I guess, but I mean, it, 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 it could be very easy to get lost in a jungle-like environment because it's very, you would be surprised is basically what I'm saying. You yeah. would be very surprised how easy it is to get lost in the woods because stuff starts to look the same and you can't delineate. You know, it's it's not like but again, getting lost in had... civilization where you have like landmarks that you can pay attention to. It's more, I guess my, my theory on if they did get lost, it was probably at the point at which they passed the summit. But yeah. then you have the reports of them being at the restaurant at 3.30. Yeah. And you have reports of them meeting the cab driver at 3.30. So. Yeah. I, and this dog that supposedly went up with them wasn't in the pictures. So if that's the case, then it would it never left the restaurant, which meant, you know. You are they really suspicious went. of this fucking dog. <laughs> no, I just think that that's, I just think that that's, to me, that's what makes the most sense. Because, like, if they were back at 3.30 and the dog just never went with them. Yeah. Then to me, that would claim that they, that would just make sense to me that they did come back, that they didn't get lost on It reinforces the timestamps on the, it reinforces the timestamps on the photos for sure. Because the dog was never, like I said, the dog was never pictured and several people that have taken this trail um, have claimed that the dog, yes, will travel with you up there and then comes back with you when you do. Like it's sort of seen as like a, a, a guide it was sort of like a local like you know here's the dog he's your guide he goes up with you comes back down mm-hmm. so you know interesting i have to check out some of these youtube videos. yeah check out some of the youtube videos it gets really deep i'll link them in the description uh of the episode when we release it and hopefully you know you guys maybe you guys can spot something and find something uh in all of that that i just really couldn't get into on this episode today because it's crazy and it goes every which way and there's no conclusion which means it's not a it's not a very uh it's a word i'm looking for it's not a good end (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it doesn't like leave well, it, you like it raises more questions answers. like a lot of the clues in the case it yeah. raises more questions than it answers yeah and again the images to me are really weird and creepy and some of them uh do seem manipulated bitch being i'll go to panama photoshop, we need to go on site haunted being, heart on site investigations being a photoshop expert uh there are a few that do look a little weird to me yeah I, I shit don't fuck with me I will get in on this I will launch a fucking separate like series <laughs> to go into this I will go to fucking Panama I'll move to Panama be an on-site investigator shit we could be like guides. those two podcasters from the new Halloween movie shit not except with a better ending like I don't want to end up fucking dead in a damn gas station no nah, you bathroom. know I wouldn't do I wouldn't do that shit to you I would come right up out that stall I'm coming out I'm I'm taking the fucking upper hand of surprise I'm not yeah. gonna wait for somebody to kill you and then kill me now they might kill you while I'm trying to get them killed yeah but I'm coming out that stall honey I'm busting out I'm yeah. gonna be like that man in our um like our man and train to Busan I'm gonna be using them stall walls to lift up and kick my way out all shit. right I'm just going to send a text message and say, hey, I'm lost. Come now find me. Now, your ass would stay in the fucking bathroom stall while I got murdered. That's exactly what you do. You text somebody for help. Shit. You're damn right. 
All right. Well, I did have an email that we got that I did want to read at the close of our episode before we wrap up. Um, We got an email from Mars who did the Haunted Heart inspired makeup look that we posted on Instagram. So, yes, that person did actually email us and we uh, made a mistake, which I'll read about in the email. So we just we, we misgendered accidentally. We didn't know. But Mars actually uses he, him, they, them pronouns. So my apologies to Mars. And now that we know, we will not misgender you again, my dear. So uh, here's Mars' email. Hey, guys, this is Mars. I listened to the early release of episode 95, and I am both the invocation and the person who did the makeup. So it is the same person. Oh, Fabulous. Okay, okay. Love that. Uh, so glad y'all liked it. I do still listen to the podcast. Never stopped and re-listen quite often because of this quarantine, LOL. Just wanted to let you guys know I really love and appreciate your podcast. It's really kept me in a creative and spooky spirit since I first heard it. The first episode I found of yours was The Heart of the Haunt in December when I had a second, okay, probably more than that, wave of missing my haunt job. Thank you so much. We love a haunter. Um, thank you so much for mention for the mention on the podcast. Just wanted to let you know I go by he, him, or they, them pronouns. I look forward to chatting more with the Spooky Squad on Discord and showing you guys more art from this horror nerd. Yes, we love art. Send us art. We love that. Uh, and if I may throw in a little episode suggestion here, creepy stories with kids. You've shared a few short stories from Reddit about kids seeing or saying strange things, but I think a whole episode could be cool. I definitely believe kids have a greater connection with the supernatural forces and having babysat. I've experienced a good share of weird, creepy, and funny stuff when working with them. Ooh. Love y'all so much, Mars L. So thank you so much for that email, Mars uh we love to hear from you we love we would love to see more of your uh horror art oh fuck for yeah, sure man. and those makeup looks because that should be on fire that was uh, i'm still just gonna say like that still just hit me different like when Hell i yeah. saw that i was like it just hit me in a way that i was like i never knew i tears. wanted somebody to make a makeup look like based on the show until i saw his and i was like oh shit crazy blew my, good. Blew my fucking mind love, I love it, it. I love it. Um, uh, oh, and if you have no idea what we're talking about, as far as the makeup look goes, you can go to, you can find us on Instagram at the Haunted Heart Podcast, where we have uh, reblogged it, reposted it. Yeah. And shit. Um, and shit. <laughs> yeah, we're also uh, on Twitter, if you want to find us there. We don't do as much on Twitter, but you can follow us anyway at the Haunted Heart. Um, and we're on Facebook. That is where our Facebook group is. Uh, if you just search the Haunted Heart Podcast, you can pull us up. And we're going to start doing more like watch parties and stuff in the Facebook group because of this whole quarantine thing. We really want to try to bring the community together because I think that um, the Facebook group could be a really great place for people to kind of find some socialization during this time. I really encourage you guys. I know I talked about it at the top of the episode, but try to find ways to take care of yourself during this quarantine because it's not it's not possible nor is it advisable to cut yourself off from society completely and just wall yourself up in your house. You're going to have issues with reintegration into the society, basically, um, if you do that. So really look for ways that you can reach out. Get involved in the Facebook group. Um, if you're a member of Patreon, get involved on the, pa- on the Discord. It's really cool. We can chat back and forth and do voice chatting and things like that. Um, but I really want 
to sort of provide you guys with that um, sense of community during this time and a place where you can be social and talk to people and have interaction and be safe all at the same time. So really encourage you to check that out. And if uh, if you're super fucking bored, you can send us an email at thehauntedartpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, man. Because we always love getting emails. We, we do. We love getting those emails. And we also love getting reviews, too. So you can go on our Facebook page and leave us a review. Go on that uh, Apple Podcast app. Leave us a review. Leave us five Stitcher, stars. All Let that us know good what stuff. you think. Let us know yeah. what you think. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, no bad reviews. No bad reviews. <laughs> Don't give us a review like that, like that TripAdvisor review we read about that tour guide. We're not going to touch you, unless you. I mean, unless you want me to touch you. In yeah. which case, in which case, uh... I'll touch you. <laughs> okay, so on that note, Katie's doing the touching. I'm just gonna go grab my machete here and um, and uh, just not be creepy at all. So until next time, it's working well for you. Yeah, I know, especially with this candlelight. Stay spooky.